All right, welcome into another episode of the Hawks Nest of Peak Performers. I am Ryan, the Rye Red Hawks, uh, and this is a podcast where we gather together high performers in their various fields, and we just basically have some conversations uh, that seek to empower people to pursue their passions. Today's guest, we have Dale Forward over here. How you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. It's good. Day, the day is good. It's a nice, warm, sunny day here. And um, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Live from Australia. So I know I'm going to get some people in different time zones. And, and you're just about as different time zone as can be. It's it's about 8.45 yeah. at night for me. Yeah, it's, it's like nearly, nearly 2 in the afternoon here. 2 in the afternoon. Nice. And I'm a, probably a day ahead of you too. This is Tuesday for me. Oh, wow. It's already yeah. Tuesday. We're, we're, we're kind of time traveling here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you can you tell me what Tuesday is going to be like for me? Yeah. <laughs> about the same as Monday. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. About yeah. the same. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get too deep into here, um, you know, just just tell our listeners about you, man. Who is Dale? All right. Well, um, so I'm like I'm an artist pretty much. That's like most of my day. Um. Mm-hmm. I've been an artist all my life. Like I started as um, doing drawing, doing like mm-hmm. pen drawings and stuff. Right. Um, usually like dark fantasy style sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through that, I started to make some books. I um I made some comic books that there were some that used red and blue glasses so that you could like close one eye and mm. swap eyes and there'd be two images then on the page. So I could create like some cool stories and stuff with that. And, um, that like, I started selling that online and that was, um, my first sort of major step in thinking, wow, I could actually make some money as an artist, like legit. Mm. Um, and, but like, and so that taught me heaps about business. Um, and then I started looking into all different types of businesses that I could do with my art. Um, I made also like an adult, um, like content sort of shirt design stuff where there was, um, and I'm wearing one of the shirts right now where basically you look at it and yeah, hang on. So you look at it and it doesn't really look like much when you're looking at it. Right. But then when you're putting on um, red glasses, it'll like show, um, you know, like pornographic, like sexual images and stuff underneath. Oh, Which can be kind of cool. Yeah. All like the legal sort of stuff of that too. And like that sort of business. Um, And then like, because of my art, I was, I also explored, um, augmented reality. So I made a deck of augmented reality tarot cards. Mm. And because of that, I was mucking around with 3d programs. And, um, because of the art style that I was doing, people were saying I should check out NFTs. Right. And, um, and so I started exploring that and that's been having some success. So now I've just been putting all my time into that. Basically, yeah. um, I'm building my collection called Algo Gods cause it's on Algorand um which is i don't know how familiar people are that are watching but that's um a cryptocurrency um and so then i'm selling my stuff through that making a collection of my art all like each one's handmade using either 3d programs or hand drawn and just trying to like learn about the nft space build my skills up and like make a bit of money if i can too and so um that's sort of where i'm at right now i'm just trying to um make some stuff that like i can you know hopefully live off that's like viable but also stuff that like i have fun doing too that people enjoy exactly yeah finding that balance is harder than i thought like (laughs) doing stuff you enjoy but then also that makes you money (laughs) yeah 
it's hard sometimes but yeah but yeah love it yeah it's rough out there and that's 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 kind of what the theme of this podcast about just trying to help people find find what they love and be able to do it like for a living, you know, I mean, so many people out there, like they work a job and, and you have to make money. It's a fact of life, you know, yeah. it's a fact of life. And most people I think get stuck in, in kind of, kind of doing something for a living that they don't like. Um, yeah. And, and don't really even try to go. I think a lot of times it, it takes like, it's such an investment, you know, you, you don't, you don't make anything for, for so long off of it. Yeah. It's easier. You just go get a job and maybe it's a dead end job or, or maybe you can make money off of it and hate it, but it's, I don't want to call it the easy way out, but it kind of is. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I, yeah, man, this sort of stuff I've thought so much about where <laughs> um, I think a lot of people push other people to get a job because it's consistent. Like, right. you know, like parents and TV shows and the government and all that, they, they push it saying, get a job because then you'll be earning this amount of money right. and you will know that you get that if you can maintain that job. But yeah. when you start in your own business, no matter what it is, like being an entrepreneur, like you can never be sure that you're getting that amount because you're paying yourself yeah. or like in a way it's the community that's paying you or like maybe big companies. Yeah. And, um, and it depends on what industry you you go into, because if you were like a tradie, um, then you can probably be pretty happy that you're going to find work if you're just doing the basic bare minimum stuff. But when you're getting into the creative arts where everything's a bit subjective, um, yeah. and in a way it's not needed, like it's not an essential <laughs> service sort of thing, then, um, yeah. then yeah, like how do you know if it's going to work or not? And that mm -hmm. I think is um the true struggle of the artist and like the business owner is like you could do heaps of market research and right. you could figure out what the highest chance of success is. And that's mm -hmm. something that I try and think a lot about is um what has the highest chance of success more mm -hmm. than anything else. Like, cause then, um, it, cause you'll have thousands of ideas, but you're like, all right, what do I think is going to be the easiest and the best one to work? Like, and then I'll just do that mm -hmm. one first. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and being an artist, man, like, because I was thinking just yesterday, man, like this was a big thing for me, a big sort of breakthrough in me understanding my head yeah. was that um that I started doing art because I just loved it. Like I was just drawing yeah. and just because I thought, yeah, fuck yeah, like this is mad, you know? Yeah. Um, and then people naturally will come up and say, hey, Dale, like, have you ever thought about maybe doing like a bigger artwork for my wall or like mm -hmm. maybe a comic book or something to sell a book? And then uh, same with NFTs. I was suggested to do NFTs. And, um, but then what happened was I was getting caught up in it and I was like, yeah, all right, I'm an NFT artist now. Like I've got to make some money and stuff from this. Like, and you start putting expectations on yourself about right. what, um, what you think you should be at, like, mm. uh, what level you should be at and how much money you should be making. But if it's just, if it started from you having fun, um, now you've sort of lost that a little bit because you're trying to make sure that you do all the things that work. But, um, and that's where like, I had to come back and realize that my best artworks are usually like the stuff that I do spontaneously. Right. They're the ones because people it, like it has life. And I was trying to figure out what the difference is between, um, the stuff that was planned and the unplanned stuff and the planned stuff it was functional art sort of thing. Like it worked. Right. You knew what it was look like trying to go for. But then the spontaneous stuff, like 
I was trying to enjoy the process and the visual experience. I didn't have an end goal mm-hmm. other than to enjoy myself. Right. So it embeds it in the whole thing. And so um, when like I was doing the functional stuff, I was thinking about the business side of things. Right. And that's always the thing that gets me caught up because in a business, like people are checking in on numbers. They want research. They want consistency and stuff. But um, but when you go to art, like the art side, it's flowing and it's playful. There's no rules. Like, and you might just not be vibing that day. And you might yeah. Be like, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I was judging myself in a more business sense because I was like, I need to make this sort of amount if I wanted to live off it and everything. Right. But, um, and that's where I had to take a big step back and think, what's my long-term goals? Like, I- ignoring the amount of money. Like, um, what do I want to produce with my art? And so, I had right. to think, yeah, like I want to make like, you know, something that represents me, something that gives me energy, something that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And that luckily is what other people are into too. Right. And so, um, <laughs> then it's like just basic business stuff where it's like, how do I tell those people that this exists and how do I make it accessible? And like, so it's not overpriced and mm-hmm. um, people respect it and stuff. But, um, but yeah, man, like that, that whole idea though, of like the struggle when you're an artist trying to make um, a name for yourself and everything is like, um, you, you see so much competition and you, you think that I need to match what they're doing, but art is like, it's you expressing yourself and right. the, the hard part, the most brutal part is being honest with yourself and saying, Hey, sometimes like, you know, people might not be vibing with my stuff that it might not sell for that amount because maybe not because of the art, but just the nature of the space that it's in, or it might be the art. And like, um, mm-hmm. that's the thing is like, you always will be learning with the art sort of side of things. And, um, and that's where I, once I took a bit of a step back and I was just like, all right, let's not worry too much about the money side of things. Let's think about living a life. Cause that's really the end goal of getting yeah. the money. And so now um, I feel like in a clearer headspace because I'm just like, let's like, let's play, be spontaneous with my art. Let's not judge it too heavily. Let's just enjoy it and we'll price it to um, be accessible to people right. like, because I'd much like the end goal really is to have people owning my artworks. Like right. it's not so much about earning all the, the money that I can get from it. Um, right. because that hopefully could come later once there's more demand and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'd much rather have owners than the sales right now. And yeah. that's the brutal part of starting an art business is that, um, you know, you want to make money from it and right. certain businesses will do well early on and others won't do well. Like, mm-hmm. and so it's like knowing that type of business, but um, what, like, when it's just given out and you actually start moving it, doesn't matter what price it is, you've proved that your artwork is worth at least that much. Like that's that's the amount that it has sold for. And you're like, all right, I've got mm-hmm. some sort of ballpark. Where instead, if you, you're trying to price it compared to what you think it's worth or how other people are pricing it, that's when it gets a bit different because you think, is mine actually <laughs> the same? It's... And sorry, I don't mean to ramble all on about it, but this is what I've been thinking about. Like, yeah. And yeah. It's such like a balancing act because to an extent, yeah. you know, in order to really 
be the best artist in a way that you can be, you really want to focus all your time onto it and you want to do the art, but then you kind of, you, you have to have some business aspect to it because you have to be able to, 100%. like you said, reach people, you have to sell it so that you can, but it you kind of have to maybe ebb back and forth a little bit and find the balance because yeah. yeah if, if you go too far into the business side, then yeah, you're just doing what you think people like and, and you lose your, you you lose almost like the soul of the art isn't communicated anymore <laughs> yeah yeah like it definitely has a different vibe sort of thing and i think like any artist that does want to make money from their art should know about business they should know yeah. about um social media and promotion and stuff because to me um like the having like a business name and everything for me that's like a part of the artwork you know right if you're really trying to think about the art like um the twitter post is the artwork as much as like how many likes it has too and that's yeah. something that you can't even really control really mm -hmm. like and that's the weird sort of thing where it's like um you know if you saw a post that had one like you're gonna think heaps different of it if compared if it had ten thousand likes yeah. and so that's where it's like you can channel that and you need to know that that's part of the artwork just same as all of twitter that you don't posting is also a part of that space that you put it up into yeah and, um, and tax as well like that's a part of the art in a way if you were to really think broadly and be like okay if i'm gonna make an artwork um you know because we know that the price is the artwork too but then mm -hmm. yeah you need to think like what's the the tax side of things too like because um and that's where it, it gets a bit of like a blurry sort of line where it's like it's not the artwork, you know, but yeah, but considering it, if you're actually going to make something beautiful, um, if your goal is to make it beautiful, then you should be thinking that these people that are seeing the artwork have expectations of what that artwork is. Right. And maybe they only think of artworks in a gallery. And so then if it's not in mm -hmm. the gallery, it's not an artwork to them. Yeah. And, um, and for you, like if it was a complete artwork, it needs to have all those underlying like tax legal sort of stuff too. Mm -hmm. the stuff that doesn't need to be thought about too much, but you need to be aware of it. And like, yeah. um, and then once you are, you've done it a few times, you're like, Oh yeah, that's nothing. I can do that now. And now you actually focus on what you feel the heart of the artwork is. Cause yeah. that's like, um, it's like, you know, when you're thinking about a person, you think about their soul, you don't think about their fingernails. But they need fingernails yeah. like yeah <laughs> they need that to exist and um yeah. and yeah so it's it's that sort of side where i think a lot of artists get caught up in yeah. is um all the legal like the paperwork sort of side and it yeah. doesn't need to be crazy like yeah. twitter posting doesn't need to be crazy but um but and my main thing for like trying to improve with all that is like experiment in all the different ways and get all the responses. But the long-term thing is trying to just remove all the rubbish. Don't worry so much mm. about improving at all, but um, just get rid of the shit. Like, yeah, yeah. And the idea is once all that shit bits removed, all that would be left is good stuff. Yeah. And so rather than, yeah, than pushing it, it'd just be like, remove all the rubbish stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah well i like the way that you frame this you know because uh, probably one of the biggest issues i think today with with uh, i mean modern almost modern art in general in terms of it being like 
in the digital world, you know, in the past, maybe artists were able to just paint their canvas and put it in a gallery and people will buy it. And probably to an extent, this still happens. But, you know, mm. it's different now if you and I think the way you framed it, it's like they don't want to make the community. They don't want to do the Twitter post because that's not the art. end. but you're framing mm. it. It's like that's art. That's the art, too. There's an art. Yeah present presenting it the entire time the post is a part of the art and in the interactions yeah. that you have with people as part of the art it's it's 100%. it's crazy well because people are like a really simple way to put it is like people say that the artist is also the artwork and like mm. if i'm a rubbish person you're gonna <laughs> not like the artwork as much like yeah and it's the same with like the community and yeah because um and it doesn't really matter what the audience really thinks deeply of what the artwork is they know like mm -hmm. you know what an artwork is but maybe you can't describe it perfectly but when you right. see it you know it right and um and it's down to the artist to present it in that way right where um like and that's why i've been really thinking about how people perceive art like how they read it mm -hmm. and um the type of content how it's presented to them because it's a whole experience like yeah I, um, I, you know, like before I was thinking about how like earlier on where I, I thought about art where you see it on Twitter first or mm -hmm. whatever, social media or in a gallery. And then you look at the artwork and, and like you sort of think about it and enjoy it. And that's kind of the end of the experience, yeah. but it's actually, it is so much broader than that. Like when you think about it a bit more where you could even say it starts from when you were born because as you mm. grow up over time you understand symbols in the world and like right. you start to see beauty in nature and you start to understand what you connect with like um it could be that you play games or you've read books and you, you start having nostalgic feelings with this artwork where it reminds you of a time in the past and then you find this artwork and you connect with it however it is and maybe you perceive it in a few different ways. Maybe it's more just because it represents a part of you, or maybe you just like the way it looks, or um, maybe you can think of it more functional, like, yeah, it might go in my house somewhere, right. something like that. Um, and then afterwards, um, you'll probably end up forgetting about the artwork unless you've bought it and collected it, but it is still a part of your life. And um, yeah. it's still in your subconscious somewhere. Like, And so it can make long-term effects to that person. Wow. So um the the thing that I'm trying to balance is like not spending too much time thinking about that because they yeah. can really wrap your head around <laughs> but um yeah, just being aware that that exists that that's yeah. a thing and so then you could make like long-term influences like to mass amounts of people through like just subtle artworks and stuff yeah and, and, you know like with subtle uh, subliminal advertising and stuff too or like mm -hmm. even um especially with music like i i think that if uh, you think about art you should definitely like be looking into music too yeah it's, it's all the same principles like oh yeah promotion and like style and all that presentation and like the thing that people you know in say a lot of rap videos or whatever are talking about wealth and money and like women and all that and that's affecting and influencing the people that listen to it which is usually like younger people yeah. And so now there's that sort of movement towards like trying to earn money and riches and stuff. And like, um, but then as well, you know, not every kid listens to that sort of stuff and they're aware of how it affects them. But like, yeah, like as a creator, 
being aware that you can like heavily influence some people yeah. through making certain artworks, mm-hmm. especially representing the um like minority groups too, which you know I see a lot of that in NFTs and mm-hmm. other artworks. Like um you know like you know uh black people or like um gay people stuff like that mm-hmm. where just feeling like there's other people out there mm-hmm. you know and um and so you can make a huge positive influence on people yeah and like a lot of the stuff that i i guess try and think about is like the banners that people would have in like going to wars or whatever like what what is on that banner like the thing huh. that would make you yeah. ready for war <laughs> like and um and i guess i'm thinking huh. more in like a fantasy sort of style yeah thing, but like if you could make an artwork that when people see it they like their blood pumps you know like yeah and, um and i'm not the type of guy i guess to do like the racy controversial sort of stuff and mm-hmm. so i'm just trying to tap into your subconscious of like yeah what, um what you remember from mm-hmm. maybe games and books and videos and stuff that you've seen. Yeah. And and then you compose it in such a way that it reminds you and like puts that energy in you. Mm-hmm. I don't know like how I'll go with it, but I'm just going to try because it helps me. Like, yeah. Have yeah. you heard of, uh, have you heard of Simon Sinek by chance? No, I haven't. No. So he's he's kind of this he's like an idealist kind of motivational speaker author. So he ba- he has this book uh, that I really loved and it's called uh, Start with Why, right? And he says a lot yeah. of the successful companies are able to do this instead of just having something and like let's say the iPhone and and it's it's a great iPhone everybody loves it, um, but they don't start with that right? Like hey I've got this great iPhone want to buy it? They start with I want to live in a world where everybody has access to information. And mm. and if you find that why, then people are a, a lot more willing to listen to you. And yeah. it's almost like the battle thing. Like they see it before you even explain it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's um a big struggle for artists because mm-hmm. they, like, as I was saying before, how you know what an artwork is, but even an artist, I think, doesn't fully know why they love to do what they do. Like, right. they they just love doing it. They love making cool art. But to try and describe, like, uh, the, the word utilities flown around a fair bit in NFTs. It's like, yeah. what is the utility of art? We all know it's got a purpose, but it's hard to put into words. And the um, the things, like, that have come up for me for it is that it can represent a culture like it can represent you it can um be like a way to support creativity like so you could buy an artwork um but i think yeah the the main thing is that it's like it's like trying to capture nature um and make something more beautiful than what nature is or trying to capture that feeling that we feel like say we're when we're in love or whatever and we've like crystallized it in the world and that's where, yeah, I think a lot of artists really struggle with understanding the why, because once you know the why, then you know how to promote it a whole lot more. Exactly. Um, and yeah. the the weird thing, though, with art is it can just promote itself if it's good. Like, you mm-hmm. could post it up somewhere, not say anything about it, and people are like, yeah, yeah, that's mad. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and that's, that's where I think thinking long-term about a business in art it's hard to um wrap your head around why people collect. Yeah. Because 
I try and ask everybody and there's all little different reasons. Like mm-hmm. they just say like, I don't know. I just liked it. I just thought it was mad. And then other <laughs> people can describe perfectly every little detail that they loved in it. Yeah. And, um, and because it's all subjective, um, because it's all about their history. Yeah. It's so hard to control. Yeah. Why, yeah. There's a and lot most of- people can't describe it. You know, that's why, yeah. like if, if you ask someone why they like an iPhone, then they're going to tell you, things about the features but other phones have those same features there's something about the iphone's vision that they're communicating Mm. in that and usually it it goes beyond that particular thing so even in art it's like like why what's your why like what is your worldview almost in a way yeah and i think that's where um the pfp nfts uh have become really sort of i guess big and interesting because you wear them like a badge to show that you're a part of a certain culture. Right. Like, and that I think is a major part of art where you'd see people having um, artworks up on their walls. And you'd, if you knew the artist that created it, you'd be like, Oh, you're part of that circle. Like, right. Or like you support that, or maybe you have that much money or, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And, and so I think like, interacting with art is like interacting with culture like music and, and right. stuff too like it tells people who you are before like and it explains mm-hmm. it better than what you could probably do right um, and that's i think um why pfps are huge because you know mm-hmm. bored apes if i see a person with bored ape i'm like all oh, right you probably spent a bit of money on that like yeah yeah it's a status symbol yeah, yeah exactly. it's like it's i try when people don't understand nfts to me i tell them do you like louis vuitton yeah would you rather get a fake one or a real one i'll get a real one well yeah you can download that picture and have a fake one but you want the real louis vuitton that's what yeah that's what this is all about yeah uh yeah to a point there's there's layers in there as well of like yeah (laughs) but yeah like it, it is sort of like that um and i think though the difference is with the one of one artworks that I do mm-hmm. is it's harder to flaunt the artworks, at least yeah. at the moment. PFPs are like instantly you show your favorite one. But yeah. but then you see a person that has a PFP and you'd still I don't know how many other ones they have. Like maybe that's the only one that they have or maybe they have thousands. Yeah. And um and that's where I think that the community will build around this sort of culture. Because mm. People are like, yep, we love the one of ones. Yeah. But what are we going to do with it? Like, yeah. We, uh, and then that's where I think there'll there's be more metaverse stuff. There'll be more like um, digital frames that connect to Wi Fi and all that. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's where I think utilities become really important because it connects to the real world a whole lot more. Like mm-hmm. with um, environmental stuff, um, like planting trees or, um, or games and interactivity yeah. where the, uh, yeah like that's where i the the one of one artwork stuff to me it, i still have, have in the back of my head of like how long is this gonna last like is this gonna last and keep going like because it is just buying jpegs like i get it i understand yeah. why but it, like do will people always think this way and i yeah. guess it, it makes me think though back to the original sort of thing where people were just buying artworks um to have in their home and mm-hmm. it's like i guess there's something about it where it's like you know we probably have done this 
for millennia where it like we collected cool rocks you know yeah. like <laughs> we just want to keep that cool rock like mm-hmm. and that i think is really what it is and it's like we'll try and show people but it's more that internal ownership like mm-hmm. we know that we have it we don't always need to flaunt it off like it's yeah. like um like say living here you know i've just moved into this place with my partner and like she's got all like little cool trinkets and stuff around and you know we don't sit there and look at it every day yeah Um, we don't go around showing everybody but there's something about that it's just you like that the wallet that you have digitally that's you like Mm -hmm. you you put things in there that is you and so then like it sort of becomes your space even though you don't even go in there you know yeah that is a trip i mean it's like i don't know is there some type of like inherent like need to collect in us or something oh, i don't know 100 they would be <laughs> like because otherwise um you know we'd all be wearing the same sort of clothes like we'd all um be in the same looking houses and stuff i reckon like it's because we we're all individuals and we want to find and bring things that are that are us closer to us yeah like um and it's like how you know people will look around and have shells collect shells from the beach I think there's some sort of thing where we want to collect things that we find valuable and hold right. on to. And, um, and cause there's that idea, I think too, of like, that's hard for certain people is to see something beautiful and not want to own it. Like right. the, you know, like you see a beautiful picture of a landscape, like you see a landscape in real life and you want to take a picture of it. Yeah, You're probably never gonna look at that photo ever again. But this, yeah. there's something about trying to own it. You yeah, know, like that. We want to have that, and um, and you know, birds <laughs> do it, monkeys do it, and all that too. Like having their tool, you know, and having their thing. That it's, you know, it's documenting our life, and that's why I think social media is so big because we want to post everything that we do. Like, yeah, because then it makes it real. That makes it valuable. Like that's where, like you know, um, you know, there's the NFT things where we need that proof of ownership. If everybody mm-hmm. was cool and everybody was just like, "Yeah, bro, that guy owns it. Sure, whatever." Like, yeah, <laughs> it'd be fine. But we need the proof of ownership. Like, we need to say, "Yes, that guy actually does own it." Because, like, I can't just send you a JPEG and then tell everybody I know that you own it. Because, yeah, people, what do you mean? I can just copy that off him, like yeah and, and that's the weird thing man but and that's where i think there's always going to be that sort of stuff but um of like collecting and when then it comes down to the artist it's about presenting it um uh, in such a way that um it's got all its edges you know where it's defined like mm. it's like if you were to see a half broken shell you probably wouldn't collect it right if you see a full pristine shell you're like yep that's the full experience i've got it now mm. and, um and that's where i think a lot of artists struggle too when they come into the nft game there's like and sort of same with me where i was doing generative pfp projects mm-hmm. and like they would sort of they'd sell but then people would be like what's the utility like what are you going to do with them now you know we've <laughs> all got these pieces <laughs> yeah and like well it was meant to be just for the art yeah. But, but there's this unexpected thing that I found is that people that buy generative pieces, 
they expect that they're going to be used for something more like yeah they it's a bit if it's just the one of one piece they're like yep that's the full thing i don't really care much about anything else like that's it right and and so that's where um a lot of artists come in maybe making a generative collection just for art but now because the culture is changing a bit um like the pfp is the utility in the right. base of the thing but but people are like um we want to build a community here mm. and um and we want to like represent this sort of thing and what is there to do with this now like is it all yeah. just hanging out like yeah. are we all just chilling here and for <laughs> a lot of people that's not enough like yeah they want some sort of game like and certain people like define um utility differently where some people will be like yep giveaways that's cool that's a good utility where others are like no that should just be expected like yeah it's a common yeah. thing and, and it's 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 funny because it's like that i think for the generative and the profile pictures it's like they have to to stand apart right i mean it, yeah. every so much of it just looks exactly the same but you got a different animal in there radioactive oh that's one of the rarest ones yeah. uh, you know throw some unicorn horns on a few so utility is the only way to make them stand out and make me want but i think in yours and being one of the few that's like pure art like you you line that up next to something there's nothing else like that so yeah. it's different. Well, and I think that um, people buying generative collection stuff compared to one of ones, it's a different culture too. Yeah. I think um, people that they buy it like in a shuffle, keep them on buying that button. It's a casino style buying. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're like, yeah, I want to get the rarest. I want to make money from this. Right. Um, and, you know, I hear a lot of that. And then with the one of one pieces, um, I hear a lot of people saying I bought it because it was like meaningful to me. Like I loved right. what the artist was doing, you know, and a lot of them say, yeah, I'm probably going to hold on to this just forever. Like I'm not yeah, planning on buy like selling it. Like um, one guy was saying that I probably will sell the piece that I'll, I'll be holding on to like for like five years. And I wouldn't consider that a flip like that. Yeah. Would just be sale basically like, Right. And um, it's just, it's time for it to move on sort of thing. Yeah. It was never really to make the money from it. And that's where uh, it was really confusing for me for a, a while because um, in like the Algorand space, I was one of the only one of one artists surrounded right. by generative PFP collectors yeah. and like that sort of thing. And I was thinking, why are people like, I know people are buying my stuff, but I don't really know why. Like, yeah. so I want to be able to lean into that. And like, mm. once I know why, then I can just go gung ho in it. And, um, and yeah, it's such a different sort of culture. Um, but yeah. And that's, that's where I think a lot of artists get caught up in it because a lot of them are talking to, um, generative mm -hmm. casino style PFP collectors and yeah. they're like, why am I like, they're trying to make it for those people. And um, in like business and art, they say that um, know your target market. Yeah. If you're starting to promote to the wrong target market, it's not just like you're wasting your time um, putting the energy into it. You like getting wrong research info. Like you, yeah. you're talking, and they'll be like, "Oh no, you got to add utility. You you should make it this way and that way." And I'm like, "Like goddamn! Like do I have to do all that now? Like to make this worth it?" But yeah. And that's where you got to kind of, that's where some of that balance comes in, right? Like, yeah, yeah. some, and, and I think some of them, some people are going to start getting disillusioned, even artists where they're leaning in 
to something that they they really don't want to do they're just doing it because they feel that's what they have to and you know their passion is going to go away where it's like lean in to your stuff and and find that audience that that jives with you you know rather than clashes (laughs) yeah and i think too like the if you were to lean into the utility side you if you did it well you're probably going to have more success like Mm -hmm um but then it is balancing that with your own lifestyle too maybe you don't have enough time or maybe it's just not true to you and you will just do it um just to get it done and it's not like an enjoyable sort of thing it's not made to be enjoyable for the people too it's just there and um and so then the people that go against that need to sort of be honest with themselves saying all right, it might not be as successful then as those other people that are doing that stuff. Right. So I need to prepare for that. Like I need to expect it to not sell as high as the other pieces. Because like we're all selling NFTs, but they're not selling the same ones that I'm selling. And so, and their community and culture is completely different. So even though it's all the same currency, it's completely different business and everything. Exactly. that was the big struggle for me to try and wrap my head around of like, I'm doing something completely different to them. And so their research and their info is not going to match up with mine. Like right. I've got to be aware that they exist and like the things that they do well and stuff. Cause I could try and lean into a little bit with like their stuff, like the type of art, like how they promote and, and all that, maybe even like connecting with them and like right. not with their discords or whatever, or like their groups. But, um, but yeah, I need I needed to figure out why mine was valuable, and um, mm-hmm. and for me, I, I sort of tried to. It took me ages because it wasn't like a thing that you could easily write down saying that, yeah, it's a game, or like, yeah, yeah it's gonna earn you money. It was like, no, this is a cultural thing. Like, I'm yeah. trying to represent, you know, what I enjoy, and what I enjoy is like beauty and art and stuff and having fun. Yeah. And people wanted to collect that, um, I think, because it represents them. Like, And I, I saw you picked up one of my pieces. Oh, yeah. 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 I got the, uh, I got the, wow, why am I forgetting his name? The the acid guy. Albert Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just saw it's one of those things. Sometimes you just see the piece that speaks to me. It's just this eclectic piece about a guy who discovered that there in his own way that there are multiple realities and multiple yeah. ways of seeing reality. I mean, subjectivity, man. And, you know, boom, I just, I, I saw that you posted it. I was like crossing my fingers. It didn't sell. Cause sometimes <laughs> it's, it's hit and miss and uh, when, how quick and it was, it was still there. So yeah, yeah, I got that. And, and I'm like, I'm not going to buy anything else because I'm trying to save for this, this other end of like the casino style so i can try to make some money too you know i i think i'm i am of course in it for for both reasons i'm trying to make money but i mean i i do feel like i'm an artist myself you know i mean not a very good one (laughs) but i'm an artist so i can appreciate it so i look at i look at pieces a little differently than some you know there are stuff that i just want to have for myself um in that regard Yeah. yeah And and I think that like hearing you talking about like collecting my piece too, it's um it really is that different thing where um 
when you bought that piece, I, I think there there wasn't much thought in the general sense of the big collection. Like yeah. that wasn't the major part of that choice. Where, but when mm-hmm. you go on with the casino style, you're like, what's the whole collection going to be? What's the amount that's there? What's their roadmap? Where it's like, just for you, you're like, yeah, man, that's like, uh, that's what I want. You know, like yep. just that. I don't care if it's in some weird sort of collection. You know me. You yeah. know I'm probably going to do like a cool collection overall. Mm-hmm. And that Algo Gods collection is a bit messy. If you look at the early stuff, there's some <laughs> weird experiments in there. And it's like, <laughs> it's not a clean cut sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's, that's the best part about it. It's yeah. like, it's not like some of the, these, this stuff is like overly calculated and, and why it's going to die. You know, you have to be willing to take chances. And instead of maybe one piece dies that didn't work out, you know, on mm. this end, then the whole thing's going to die now because they were yeah. too scared to take those chances early. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's where some of the pieces in there were so experimental. Like, and now I know like what worked and what didn't really like. And so mm-hmm. now I don't need to waste my time doing some of that weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but I still have the skills too, if I really needed to like, yeah. And, um, and it's like, it's meant to be in a way, a bit of a document for other NFT artists to like, look at, and see the different things that you can do and right. like then like think oh you know like why'd they do this or that and mm-hmm. seeing the progress over time yeah. and um yeah because once i like became more and more free um then i felt like i could kind of just do anything then like yeah because i would know if it was complete or not right. rather than like me trying to figure out what you think is, is a complete artwork i'm just like yeah i know it's yeah. just an nft like and then i put it up for a price and then if you want it you want it you know <laughs> like <laughs> it's not some crazy calculations and equations and stuff it's just like yeah, if yeah. You, if you the artwork um and i do need to think of the collection as a whole and like simply put it's just like um a collection of like godlike artworks usually sometimes mm. <laughs> like i forget about that it's meant to be about gods but um but yeah most of the time it's just that and it's meant to be cool art um and it's like a showing me progressing and trying to get better as an artist yeah. and you'll see that like the clumps where I've thought about a certain thing and then I've like forgotten certain stuff and then remembered it and um and yeah and it's just like the journey and so yeah it's like the early days journey before like I made a post the other day saying it's the collection before the collection Mm-hmm. Like once I figure out what I'm doing, then the next one should be clean and cut. Like it should be good. And yeah. Um, and yeah. And that's, that's what I think like a lot of one of one artists could probably start out as like not boxing themselves up too early saying that I'm going to yeah. do this. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I think that's part of the beauty in it is it's not clean and cut. You know, I mean, I, I, everyone tries so hard. Nothing's ever going to be that way, you know, so just kind of embrace it. <laughs> yeah. yeah and like i kind of like making artworks that aren't clean cut too and still yeah. like selling them in a way because it's the idea mm. it's not about perfection and um like i sold one for a thousand algo and i can point mm. out all the little things that are like messing up with that because yeah. i kind of just tried to make my vision rather yeah. than making it all clean and perfect right and so then like it can really go against when people are saying, oh, there's like clipping in the 3D art, you know, that people want quality and everything. And it's like, 
I don't think people really want true quality of perfection. They no. want something to, like in one of one, they want something that represents what they were thinking. Like exactly. They, and yeah. like that's yeah. where like some of the rubbish sketches of old school artists are amazing because it's like it's not it's what it represents. Like yeah. it's not at all about the quality of how it was drawn. Like so that's yeah. not what people are interested in all the time. Like yeah i mean look at it some a lot of the nft art is like pixel art so like there's not looking for like that quality in in certain ways i mean the people that do come to yours i think the intricacy is one thing that that people appreciate i'm sure including myself um but yeah i mean it's it's not about perfection i'm sure even the best artists out there look at theirs and are going to point out little little things on it you know well like a part of it too i think is it's like when you can see the brush strokes on a painting like Mm. you know that it was made by a human then because you're like oh that guy messed it up a little bit like yeah and but then like if you see a little mess up in like you know the sistine chapel you're not like oh he's an amateur you're like yeah (laughs) wow this was done by a human like yeah. yeah it's um yeah and that's kind of what i like doing sometimes is like not zooming in too much when I release right. something. Just yeah. let it have a few mistakes to prove that yeah, that was made by a human. Like <laughs> especially with like all the AI art coming up now. Yeah. Where people are making amazing stuff at the click of a button. Mm-hmm. Um but I like the imperfections. Like yeah. when I see that sort of stuff, I think like it's it's a bit too um too samey. You know, like yeah, the, the you didn't have the thought in it really. Like you did, but you didn't compose it yourself. Like I still find value in it. In the, right, um, I think it's got great stuff for um doing concept art. For right, people who can't make art and they're like, "This is what I was thinking about," or whatever. Oh, like me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, from an artist's point of view. I wouldn't enjoy doing that. That's not my creative process. I love yeah. like placing something on a page and then making it beautiful with every detail, making right. those mistakes and stuff. And like, and I think that a lot of other people sort of do agree with that, where there was a big time where people didn't think 3D art was art. There's still people that think that too, where they're like, mm. if it was done on a computer, nah, it's not art. <laughs> I need it painted and hand drawn, like yeah. But uh, and um, it, yeah, and that's where I think the AI stuff is so new, where people haven't seen enough yet that they actually connect with, and that has been presented meaningfully. Yeah. That, um. That yeah, they haven't formed that like belief yet. Wow. Yeah, and I art art is such a. I mean, in its own, it's an abstract concept. I'm also like big into video games, and there's there's a debate for a while: are video games art? And some developers themselves that are making the games, no, this is not art. I'm not yeah. making art. I'm making a game. And others are like, yes, and and you can kind of see the difference in those. I mean, some games I've played, I'm like, this is this is a masterpiece of art. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because I guess like um. For me, art's always been about expression. Like, yeah. and I think that um, it depends on what it's expressing is how you connect with it. Like, I could do a drawing and uh, it's like a little stick figure and you're like, yeah, that's art because you connect with it and be like, yeah, it's expressing, you know, yourself and it's fun and all that. 
but the NFL is like a washing machine. You'd be like, <laughs> no, like, but then a person that was like an engineer or something would be like, yeah, that's a work of art. Like that's, that was made to perfection. Like you can see <laughs> yes. that the company, like the company's plans were put in, like that's how they make that stuff. Wow. And, um, yeah. and then you could even say the same about plants and trees. Like, is that art? And really, I think that it's because people don't think there's a creator and um, mm. with, or some people do, but I really think that nature is like the, the um fractal or like the, the genes or DNA and stuff in there could be called the creator. And um, mm -hmm. um, because it's like, I connect with it and I can sort of, if my mind's right, I can see how it was put together by like the genes and the chemicals in it, you know? Mm. And, um, and that's where I think it's like, it depends on how you actually view it where other days I'll be like, yeah, it's just a tree. Like that's not art. I'm making that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 that, it's always going to be blurry because yeah. like art's always subjective. It's the same as if you were to um, say, is the frame around the artwork, the artwork. And if it is, mm. is the wall, the artwork too, then like, at what point do you define like the edge of the artwork? Wow. That's just the thing, man. Like, <laughs> and that's, that's a the nature of words too like that's where i think um the the main part is like how you know what an artwork is right uh, similar to how you know who you are and who mm -hmm. i am but right. if you were to try and actually define me using like logical words and stuff you couldn't because it's all blurry like right there's you could say then is like um you know uh, you are you your fingernail right and so then <laughs> yeah. once you grow out your fingernail and you cut it off and you throw it over there is that still you or is that just rubbish now you know and that's just because <laughs> words suck like it's yeah. uh, uh, because your sense of things is always a bit wobbly and a bit blurry. yeah yeah as soon as you put a word to something you 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 put it in a box you know that's why like in psychology labeling theory itself is huge and and i'm big on in, in music, you know, in heavy metal, we have all of these subgenres. But as soon as you subgenre your band now, then now you limit that band and, and it it's they're necessary, but limiting at the same time. Yeah, like I always think of it like um it's it's same with um a relationship, I reckon, where mm. you you love someone and you're like, yeah, I love them. And right. then you you both sort of say, oh, should we become boyfriend and girlfriend? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but we didn't need to define that before this. Maybe we were already. Right. We're just saying that so that we can explain to other people what we are. And yeah. then, um, but the, the real detriment though is when you define yourself as boyfriend and girlfriend and you both start expecting what a boyfriend or girlfriend is. Right. And, and that's something I had to have a big chat with my partner about because it was more like, we're we're not i guess just in a relationship it's us two together that are in love like that's it yeah. like and then um and then we've had to say that this is what it is for other people to understand mm. and for us to like talk to each other about it yeah but um but really because we started noticing that we're um <laughs> like when you're in a relationship there's two major things that are going on like i'm in a relationship with my partner 
And then I'm also just in a relationship with someone. Like, right. I am now taken in a way. Right. And, um, and the weird thing is because you start expecting how they should act, but really that's because you've defined it and you shouldn't be defining it. Like, it's the same thing, but um, it should be that it's both people first, not boyfriend and girlfriend first. Right. Um, and yeah, and that's where I think a lot of issues do come up, like say with art too, where they're trying to make a good artwork rather than just letting the artwork speak and tell yeah. you what it is. Right. And, um, and being in tune with that and actually hearing it and then having the balls to step back and be like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> maybe we've made some mistakes. <laughs> like maybe yeah. we've been in the wrong headspace here and there and trying to refresh, like then, yeah, then you can do it. Like, right. And yeah, man, but um, that's where, yeah, I think a lot of the, the generative sort of artworks compared to the one of ones, um, it can get a bit blurry because, you know, I see there's people making one of one artworks, but using generative techniques. Right. And so, um, and so that's where like the outsider points, like outsider people are looking at it and they're a bit confused because they don't really know how to define it and react to it. Yeah. Where, um, I think really it should just, uh, and uh, people are getting more used to it, of just reacting internally and just being like, I feel this way. And mm -hmm. uh, rather than being too heavy on all their thoughts, just like, right. just vibing out, man. Like, yeah. And, and that's where I think a lot of the space is still growing, like with the AI art too. Mm. It's just, yeah, if you have a genuine feeling, like that's the feeling. Like, um, and it, it probably will change over time too. Like maybe you'll be right. more open or even more against it or whatever. And it's, I think just like recognizing those sort of things um, is just heaps important for the growth of the space and the growth of people too, of just like not being too strict on anything. Right. Yeah. And that kind of comes into my last little topic in here, just about authenticity. You know, how do you, how do you make sure that, you keep your authenticity and 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 how important do you think it is for others to be authentic and be their authentic selves <laughs> oh well i guess like in a way you're always authentic like <laughs> you're always being you whether you like it or not like mm. um but and so i think then it comes down to your values like right if you feel like what you're doing is meeting your values of what like and and understanding what you value is like a long lifelong thing and it's right. going to change and stuff too and I, I think that um the and because your values will change each artwork is going to represent something different and um i think that you know like if you were not being authentic it's probably because you got a reason to be and like it might be because maybe you need to make more money or maybe um you like in a weird case you need to slightly rip off people to get more and <laughs> even though i know that'd be like an unfortunate case but it's like hey man like if you need to do that i'm not gonna agree with it but that's your life like right you're still being yourself there like because your values have changed and hmm. um and i know when when i like sort of start to mess up and do weird artwork or whatever it's because my focus has changed on what I'm trying to create. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think like, you know, you don't know how to be authentic until you've like actually figured out what 
is authentic to you, like what you value, what you want to produce. Right. And, um, and then, you know, it will just become your lifestyle and stuff. Like, because if you don't value people, if you don't value the quality of your work, right. then in a way it's authentic to you. Like that's, that's what you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Is that sort point. of like, is that yeah. kind of answering your question? I don't know. Yeah. It's in, I've never thought of it that way. You know, I mean, I, I guess that's true. You know, I, I think from what I found in these conversations, usually when I talk about this is a lot of people feel like they need to maybe hide a certain part of themselves or version of themselves or um, be someone who um, be someone externally that they aren't internally because of these. I think even because of some of these definitions that we talk about, some of the words in the way we define things where where we might have like like a definitional um, clashing. Like I may define something internally different than what I think society defines as externally. So I will try to conform to the external um, definition of that. Yeah, well, I guess it, it comes down to your end goal. Like, yeah. because it's like, um, I could probably post on Twitter every hour about my thoughts. And <laughs> yeah. like, and that will affect me negatively, you know, <laughs> like, so I'm not going to do that. And, and so I think it's just, you're working back from your goal, like knowing the why sort of thing mm -hmm. of what you're doing. And then you work back from that and saying, do I like, am I going to present myself in this sort of way or that way right. um, to get to my goal? And really like, yeah, you don't need to show every part of your soul. Like, right. you don't, as people say, you don't need to post your breakfast and stuff on Twitter. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like, um, same with, you know, if I was to um, make an artwork, I don't show you the whole process. Right. Like, um, I don't, like, which it could be interesting for some people, but for other people, it'd be like, I now like the artwork less, <laughs> you know, like, because <laughs> yeah. I know so much about, and it, maybe it was just too much information. Hmm. And so I think there's, like, the main thing I think is you just got to be honest with yourself. And that's right. the hardest part if you feel like you're being like, you're lying to people, right. then that's the issue. But if right. you feel like um you're just trying to present yourself in a different way. um So it becomes a smoother experience for people like um that you're just cutting out some information or you're just like, maybe you only post when you're happy. Like, mm -hmm. so it seems like you're always happy. Then hey, yeah. man, like, people don't need to know that you, you get angry or whatever. Like, then it's just, because, uh, and I'm thinking more in a business goal of like building up an right. art connection and stuff is like, um, if I'm the artwork as well as the actual artworks, then I can present myself in heaps of different ways. And people do this, um, to extremes too, where like, right. there was a goblin town, um, where they were pretending to be goblins. We all know they're not goblins, <laughs> like, but it's that idea of like, that's, still authentically them like right they're playful and they're mucking around but we know it's not really them right and that's where that online persona is a persona it's not you like yeah that, that's where you could still come back to that conversation before of like it's a blurry line like it is you as well like yeah um, I, but, and I, so i think it, i i my test is if i'm looking at it and i feel like it's bad like if i feel like i'm hurting people because of that then it's I shouldn't do that basically. Right. It mean that it's not me and it's not authentic. I just think maybe that like I could do things better. 
And yeah. if you're feeling that you can do things better, probably look into that. Like, <laughs> that, that's yeah, good. yeah. I love. I mean, I love that viewpoint. You know, I, it, I, I, I like that take on it. It's fresh for me as well. And yeah, I mean, I there is something to be said about even if you are trying to present a certain persona online in a way it's authentic because that's who you, you feel you are and yeah yeah it's it's interesting to think about yeah. it this way <laughs> yeah because and it depends on like your um if you think you're lying really like yeah if yeah like if some if everybody's like oh bro that's really not you like yeah and people are seeing it negatively then that's a negative thing and you got to deal with it. But if everybody's like, wow, that's really not you, but mm. that person's mad, then it's like, is it, you know, should you stop doing that if it's not authentically you? I mm. think that, um, though, the, the question, though, that why you ask this is because people view authenticity as valuable. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's an important question. And, um, and being dis, like, uh, unauthentic people like disrespect that Mm -hmm. and so i think that um seeing the value of authenticity is the important part and Mm -hmm. trying to tap into why people like that and presenting yourself that way is the important reason for um questioning this sort of stuff because um you know like there'd be sociopaths out there that wouldn't care about how people think about them and they might perceive like push uh, maybe sociopaths the wrong word i can't remember (laughs) like yeah they'll they'll present themselves in whatever way works right and they won't care internally about if it um if it's disingenuous because it's actually more the end goal and um for some people they'd rather be authentic because it just makes sense and they know that it's um good and it's a valuable sort of thing to be authentic and so then they should be doing that they should live true to themselves yeah Um, and yeah because at the end of the day like um as you get older and older like you might look back at it and if you were authentic that whole time you'll be like yeah there's nothing i would have wanted to change there you know right that's like that's what i think people should consider i guess a little bit is like if you were um you know a bit older would you be happy with how you're acting now like but I think a really important part of that is thinking is remembering what your end goal was too. Right. Because it's really easy to be like, Oh, I should have done this better. It's, you know, it's better for morals or whatever, but it's like, no, at that time you were just trying to make money. You didn't care where it was coming from. Like you were yeah. just trying to make bank and you would have lied and cheated or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> so it's like, you got to remember where your head was at when you were doing those things. Yeah. I know. But yeah, because you know, people in poverty will do whatever, and yeah, but like being authentic is an afterthought. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think, I mean, there's also such a big like fear of rejection sometimes. Um, of yeah. of if if you're if I present this way, then people won't like me anymore or something. So they try to fit into that mold. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I think yeah, too. With that is that. I think a lot of people take it really seriously from the get-go when they're, say, starting a, an art business or whatever. Like, Because with art, you can really express your emotions. Yeah. And um, I think, like, and I hope I'm not going too long as well. Oh, no. No, you're good. Uh, okay. 
I ho- I um, was just thinking the same. I'm hoping I'm not keeping you too long. <laughs> no, 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 but like, yeah, because yeah, I think the um when you're starting off and you've maybe got fifty or a hundred followers and stuff, right? Like, and you you know speaking your whole heart and everything, and then you think, oh, have I spoke too much? And it's like, bro, there was like five people that just heard what you said. Like, <laughs> they're not gonna care. Like, message yeah. them and ask them if it was too much. It's yeah. like, um, and this yeah. that's the beauty of being a small business. Like, yeah, I remember when I was learning about business, they, um, my teacher was saying that big businesses, um, can, it can be harder for them to really pivot like a small business can, right? Like they've got all their rules and regulations. They're probably going to make a good amount of money because they've got a whole lot of people that can back everything that they do. Right. But, um, but for an artist, like or a small um, business, they can completely change how they do things in like an hour. They don't need to check with anybody yeah. and kick everything off. Like mm. it's like if I had a team, um, I see some of the teams in the NFT uh, collections, and they are slow to move. Like right. they probably they still have success and stuff because they've got a lot of people thinking. But like you know, I've helped people, and then it takes them a month or two to release the stuff. Where mm-hmm. like I would be doing it that same day, like <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. check in with anybody, like, and we're like, um, say like you know a cake shop might be like, hey, we're not selling cakes anymore. Maybe we'll change to selling skates. And yeah. like, if it's a small <laughs> business, they'll be like, yep, we got a week of figuring this stuff out. Where yeah. if it was like if Louis Vuitton had to change from like clothing to televisions that's a big change. Like there's right. a lot of things that need to happen. Like all the shareholders, all of the stuff like that. And that's the beauty of being a small business is how fast you can change. And I think it should be taken advantage of heaps. Right. Like um, doing market research every day by like testing the waters just a little bit. Cause we don't have the money to be getting all these marketers and stuff in. And so we mm-hmm. should be really taking advantage and pushing it and where the the types of businesses and people that end up influencing the big stuff because yeah. we we can experiment we can like lose a bit of money we can like lose some followers and stuff but in the long run like we're making the leaps and bounds that eventually will become the norm yeah and, um, and yeah and that's where yeah man like that's why i think yeah talking about being authentic and stuff is um you're probably a whole lot smaller than what you think you are <laughs> like a whole <laughs> so making those kind of mistakes like if you made a mistake you can make a post the next day saying hey i made a mistake sorry right. everybody yeah and everybody would probably be like yeah that's authentic that's like we respect that you know like mm-hmm. we want to see that that you're listening to what we say yeah they're um a business a big company will have to do like weeks <laughs> of thinking what are the perfect words and stuff like oh geez yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah and so I, I reckon early on test out ball your heart out or like or don't and just but uh, like message people and and mm-hmm. ask saying hey like what are you liking about my stuff and like yeah if you're wanting to be like a genuine person make genuine connections because that's yeah. I think what the actual goal is is the connection part yeah um, but yeah and once that's that's there like once you have the people that you can ask then now you've got a small sample group that you can always check in on and be like hey guys i'm kind of thinking of doing this and then 
they'll be like, no, nah, that's, that's dumb. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be like, yeah, definitely. That sounds great. And yeah, sometimes you already know too what it is, but sometimes you just need to hear someone else. Yeah. And when you're small, that's when you got to ask all the questions. Yeah. Um, then they'll just lead you on the right path. Like, and that's, yeah. that, but that's the hard thing I think too, as an, an artist or like project early on is feeling confident to ask those questions, but also finding the actual right target market for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, yeah, like, you know, I've been doing art and uh, for years and probably I've been doing art as a business for maybe five years or something now. And man, like those first few years, you're not making anything. Like <laughs> it's like unless you're lucky and maybe you've got a mentor or maybe you've got a good business plan. Like, but because I was doing it about the art first. Yeah, it's not. It's the art. It's like you're not going to be selling them because the um the value comes from your name. Yeah, if you're really thinking of it, if we're going casino style, like. People are trying to buy it in the hopes that long term I'm going to have a better name for myself mm-hmm. and have more demand. Like, right. And so it's the long casino bet. Like, yeah. Uh, and that's the sort of thing where, and that's where I think I try and be genuine because there's trust in that. Being authentic right. builds trust. And like, even if um, I'm doing the wrong things, people are seeing progress. And right. that's what I think people would rather see rather than a perfect run. Like, right, because it's more interesting then too. You're like, oh yeah, remember when Dale was shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like yeah. I don't think I ever had that with you. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously haven't gone back far enough. <laughs> but um, my Instagram, you can oh, like you know, I always sort of loved art, but it, it's like yeah. that when they remember when I was like making experiments and they see the progress. Yeah, and that's when you see the human side of things. And that's like the authentic um, sort of stuff where like that's what businesses don't have and they've tried to. Like you see yeah. the Wendy's Twitter posts where you see it's come from a human and people love yeah. it. Yeah. But then like, then it's like that um that Steve Bashimi gif. It's like, hello, how do you do fellow kids? Like, yeah. it's like you're trying too hard to be, yeah. <laughs> to be it. And like, as soon as it goes over the top, people are like, oh God, I hate it now. Like, yeah. But when it's just a little bit, it's just like, hey guys, like I'm a human. Um, mm. And you never know that balance until you cross over it. Like, yeah. The mm-hmm. good thing though, is that we can cross over it hundreds of times and we won't get much rubbish. Yeah. Like, and so we can yeah cross it heaps and then we're like yep i know now yeah (laughs) yeah i know the limit now (laughs) yeah yeah. um and that's the thing though that businesses big business haven't had much time to do like because social media probably came up after they were big Mm -hmm. and so now they've got to take all these risks um and one like and that's where there's the real corporate sort of stuff that's where i think like a lot of nft collections have um sort of or sometimes like marketplaces even too where they they've been a bit too personal like in sharing mm-hmm. their opinions and i reckon you got to be conservative as anything like talk if you're going to talk like a human talk like a human be a genuine person and 
But if you're talking like a human, people probably might not like you too. Like, yeah, just because you're being genuine doesn't mean that everybody's gonna like. <laughs> no, hundred <you>. percent. <laughs> like, yeah, and if you're not sure, be conservative as hell. Like, talk <laughs> like a, a robot and just share your stuff. Like, um, because that's the high. Like, that's a good chance of success. Yeah. Like, if you're starting to throw <laughs> your um being genuine in there, yeah, maybe you're gonna ruin yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, that's funny. It's like it's like when you go on and and the joke about people. Oh man, bananas are my favorite food, and someone's gonna comment like, "What about apples? I can't yeah, believe yeah. you would have mentioned apples in here." Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and yeah, man. Like, but yeah, over time though, like you develop your own little rules and stuff. It's like the rules, like never talk bad about mm-hmm. anybody, and if you're talking bad, back up saying that. It's just your, your thoughts, like, because you like, you have to have a reason for it. If you're going to talk bad about it, it's because maybe you expected more of them. Like you yeah. wish they did better, but right. but also it's like trying to be like clear, crystal clear about saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Really. You're just trying <laughs> to have an opinion <laughs> like yeah, yeah. where people get strict. They're like, oh, I think it's bad because of this. And I know because I'm this person and it's like, no, you're not. You're just a dude. Like <laughs> this makes me think less of you now. Like, and, yeah. it's, and it's stuff like that. Like, and for me, it's like, um, I, I try to never really do any, um, like of the, you know, how there was a lot of the stuff about Ukraine and everything yeah. about people were making stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and avoid all that mm-hmm. because, as much as it might earn respect in certain ways, I, I never know the story well enough to feel like I should do it. Like, um, yeah. you know, for a very specific sort of thing like that, or um, even like COVID and everything too. It's like, I feel like all those sort of things personally, I'm going to avoid because I just don't know enough about it and I don't want to put my foot in it. Yes. And Yeah. And it's I, part I see, of authenticity yeah. right there you know yeah. people just want to jump on a cause that they don't necessarily know about oh because i should be doing everyone else's well uh, you know it's yeah. okay to not have an opinion sometimes <laughs> yeah and i see it too with um when people do the pfp stuff or whatever the the nfts and they're using um pop culture references yeah, yeah. and i'm like um oh, that light's coming in there i'm like thinking <laughs> um like the why risk it to get close to that where it's like if you're an artist it makes up something cool like yeah. it always makes me feel like they're piggybacking onto that to add yeah. value it's like i get it if you like making it and people are liking that sort of stuff but for me it's like in terms of copyright it's like why even get close to that like yeah, just, yeah. but that's just me like you know that some of them have had good success with it and all that but it's just like I would rather feel so much better knowing that it was all my work, exactly. even though I know I'm using like people's 3d models and stuff now and then, but I'm, I'm trying to make them my own and stuff because, it, and that's something I had yeah. to do too of like, at what point is it my artwork? You know, like, yeah, I think weird. it's like leaning on it too much. Like some of those pop yeah. cultures, like, okay, maybe at one or two, but then, you see that they'll have success in like the next like 20 pieces or like pop culture and like what yeah. happened to your art, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah. If the value of it comes from being, you know, a Superman or whatever, 
then I think, yeah, it's it's not like just a funny take. It's like now that's the heart of the project. Mm. And that's where I was going to do a PFP collection using the 3D models. And I realized that I was just taking photos of their faces. And like, yeah, mm. I was lighting it cool and everything, but the heart of it was someone else's artwork, basically. Yeah. And then I thought, it's not, that's not. Yeah. Right. I remember that. And I loved, I loved it because it's like, okay, you know, I was going to do this. I realized it wasn't, you know, really me. And I came back and I, and you change yeah. it, you learn from it. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, you don't know what you value, like what works and what your values are and stuff until you do them. And then right. sometimes they just slip through, like they get far enough where it's public and you're about to do it all. And then you're like, Oh wait, no. Like, yeah. and sometimes they're so far into it where you're like, <laughs> like, I'm going to maybe just sort of pursue this now a little bit and just ignore the fact <laughs> like that yeah. maybe it was a bit too close to that. Um, uh, But yeah, like most, uh, like that's why having a community to talk to and check in with is good. Yeah. But even sometimes they don't know. And right. that's where it's yeah. just like having a chat about it and saying, all right, if we're all going into this, thinking maybe it's going to not work. Like you could all go into that saying, yeah, we're going to make it clear that this is how we were thinking when we started. Or like you can do that thing that I was sort of saying before about the chance of success where it's like, do we want to risk it then? Maybe no, let's just find something else then. Like right. as cool as that idea is, maybe it's someone else's idea to pursue right and like they might just know a person like they might know a lawyer that can explain it all perfect to them we'll leave yeah. it to them like, <laughs> yeah it's not our story to tell sort of right <laughs> but, yeah. that's so true yeah, yeah i love it yeah and this this has been great i know i kept you uh longer than than i said i would but oh, it doesn't matter bro it's all yeah. good yeah. yeah great stuff great stuff on here i mean I just love talking about art when I get a chance. You're the you're the first uh first episode with a non-classmate of mine. Uh yeah, right. so it's been yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. So um well usually all right, just screw it, just go into usually I, I like to have one last thing of like a like a mental skill uh, or something or like a tip of the trade. So I guess what I'll ask you anyway uh, is like yeah. before you before you do your art, do you have any type of like what I would call like a pre-performance routine? Is there some oh, some kind man. of ritual like, or that, something you go through? Something I've been refining for years. Like you know, um, I think the the uh, most like the the headspace that I try and get into is um, it's I need to have the time. I need to be aware that I have the time. Mm -hmm. um i need to have a clear enough mind um and the mind part is the huge part where um i like but i also need energy too so i need right. to maybe have eaten and to have a clear mind and stuff right, too. like right um maybe feeling good like maybe i've had a shower or whatever and i feel mm -hmm. clean and i feel like satisfied that i've done everything else right um but the headspace is the huge part where it's like um I need to know why I'm creating it. Um, and that can be um, that I want to, like, it's a, it becomes then not logic anymore. It's a sensory right. thing Feeling. where I got to feel ready and I can't, I can't be too fast. And I can't be too slow either. 
um and it gets to the point where you just allow like it to build in front of you like right. that you're just a vessel for this to exist now like the world is creating it right um i think that um being in tune with my body where um like it feels ready like right because you know if you were to force out an artwork it looks forced and if you were too slow with it it'll probably never get done because you'll always be judging it and right and so i think um finding that rhythm internally where that then has become something that i try and embed into all of my life like Mm -hmm. it becomes like that sort of zen-like tranquil state where um it's always going to be changing a little bit and I need to know what influences it. And I think the major part of it, um, especially when I'm creating art is my values and my expectations. Right. And so that's why I've been really trying to unravel what my collection is, what I am as an artist, um, how I create art. And, um, and I think too, the, the last major part is um, focusing my eyes. Like, hmm. so focusing on um if i look too big at the picture if i'm like looking at it from too far away then the artwork stays simple like mm-hmm. so i can make a complete piece but there's not enough going on and but if i look too fine into the details then um the picture tends to be really hard to compose right so it's like trying to look at it from a perfect focus um and also having a bit of a plan and expecting it to be something like for me it's like making it detailed uh making it maybe a bit psychedelic or whatever like knowing what i'm wanting to throw in there but not being too strict on what it is because i'm a bit more of a spontaneous mm. artist right so I want it to speak to me over time and mm. um and I think that once I've gotten like my body to be right, I feel like, yeah, this is like a good space to create in and stuff. Um, and then like my eyes, like I, um, I feel mentally prepared that I'm going to make a certain type of artwork and it's going to have a certain detail. Like I need to, um, keep like my head in the right spot where, um, where it's going to have that detail that I want. And the best Mm. thing that I can do for that is to look at my past artworks and look at other artworks that are inspiring me. Right. um, They, it's, it's like, um, what would it be similar to? It's like, if you were to make a song, um, you wouldn't want to sit in silence for the whole day. Right. Like maybe you could, because that's cool inspiration or whatever, but, um, but most of the time you're probably going to listen to a song and be like, yeah, I kind of want something maybe like that. Like that's right. right. Like, and so then you've got a baseline. And um, and that's I think hugely important for artists or any kind of business or whatever is to like before you've made something, maybe like it could be a day before or like even an hour before, is looking at something that's kind of like what you want to do. Right. Um, and because then it's not like so much maybe looking at all the details, like the visual or the composition, but the feeling that you got when you were listening to it so mm-hmm. that you can try and create that feeling when you're looking at it again, like your, your artwork. Yeah. And, um, and then over time you'll practice because the, um, the energy won't be the same ever. Like, right. Especially yeah. as your skills are rubbish. Like um, when you start drawing, you're like, want to draw some crazy dragon and it looks like, you know, a stick <laughs> or whatever. 
but yeah. it's like attempting that like right. trying to get something else to f- make that same feeling right and the artwork will always look completely different unless you're just copying it but mm-hmm. um but the energy might be the same and mm-hmm. um and so it's trying to figure out what is it about that piece that gave you that energy and then you just right. put it into the new piece so um and so i think using like and trying to create the energy inside of you right before you create um is really important but it's so hard to get right because yeah there's so many little things that are in there right. that's where um it's the values and um what like and the just what you feel and being aware of that and creating a feeling is just hard to do you got to like analyze it but yeah but the simplest part though is like to not think about it too much too like you should it's like with um i guess thinking about death you should think about it but you shouldn't be thinking about it all the time (laughs) right and and i think like with it is you um you can prepare yourself and all that but then you have to just let go of it all like right and and be like here i'm like right here right now I'm going to put a tree in just there and then build from that. Right. And, and I think that's the, the really important part of when you start creating it is being really precise with the first few things that you put in because um everything will grow from those things. Mm. You might end up removing those, but they become mm. like a placeholder. Like, um, when I teach um, kids how to draw, they um they look at the white page and they they don't know what they're doing, and I say don't even think, just put a line on there. It doesn't matter what it even looks like, because as soon as they put the line on there, you get a sense of how thick the line is, how dark it is, how it felt to put it on there, and then you start a new drawing and then you build from that. Mm. Um, and if you when you start that new drawing, you're using that old line as the the baseline right build from that because if you have something rubbish like um it's like if you were to instead of using the same pencil you used a crayon for that line and then you changed to a pencil it wouldn't work like it doesn't make <laughs> sense you know like yeah you know, like a crayon like and so that's why i think it's really important those first few steps like hmm. um as uh stephen king said like he tries to not write down too many notes um because then you've made that solid like only try and write down the best stuff like oh yeah and keep that around because this the good stuff will stay in your head that's the stuff you want to write down mm. um and that's where yeah when you're making the artwork or music or whatever the the thing that you latch onto and put in there should be like the heart of it as much as you can like or whatever hmm. you know like it depends on how you you create but knowing that you got to know the heart first right and every time i like i dance around it when i don't know what the heart is mm-hmm. the artwork always looks a bit different it looks like it is missing something in the middle like hmm. it's focal point wow um, and so and that's where like looking at other artworks is really important because you get inspired and right inspired that's always the heart of it mm. like um because you're like yeah i love that sound or i love that sort of picture there i'm gonna make something kind of like that and then that should be the first major movement in creating this is like um putting that 
in there first so that right. you can kind of look at it and say, oh, yeah, it's kind of got these sort of traits, actually. Like, maybe it's, like, got a more red or green vibe or something. And then you're like, yeah, right. let's lean into that a bit more then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think that part's really important first. It's right. like your first movements, they crystallize because before it's a thought and the thought will change all the time. Like it's not solid. Uh, once yeah, you put it in, it's like, it's almost like saying a word and defining it. Like we mentioned now it's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I was thinking about this just the other day of like, I, I can say um, a color in an animal. And mm-hmm. I can let you think about all these different colors and animals, right? And none of them exist, really. They're not crystal. They're not in this world yet. But once I say pink elephant, it is now, like, it. that changes completely. Like, it explodes into the world. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even though it feels small, like, it's still a small thing. But that now is the thing that we all center around. Like, right. You know, and so that's why it's so important, those first few things. And I'm still trying to figure out and tap into it, like figuring out my process. Um, but being precise with the things I add to it, not just throwing it all in really quick. Like, mm-hmm. um, And then the other major part, though, is maintaining that headspace over the whole creative process, which yeah. I think is so important um, early on for artists is to rather than make big um, pieces is make heaps of small ones and make heaps of them finished because um, you need to get the sense of a finished artwork heaps and heaps and heaps of times. And then once you've gotten that, then you can make it slightly bigger and grow and grow Mm -hmm. Um, because like, then you have all your rules and all your, your tools and everything set. You're like, yeah, I know what makes a finished artwork. Right. Um, now I'm just doing it on a bigger scale, doing it a bit more. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like, and then by doing it for smaller, smaller times, you um you don't lose your energy as quickly. Yeah. Like, uh, you don't lose your train of thought and stuff. That's why speed drawing or whatever is really good because um you just you like at the end of it you want to do more. Like you want to do a second one, and then I always find when I do the second and third ones that's when it drops off and that's when my quality um, checking and everything drops off my inspirations and everything too. Hmm. And so I feel like you should be like, before you do the artwork, the ideal headspace is to really want to do it and not allow yourself to do it for a long period of time. Because then when you go there and you do it, you put your heart and soul into it completely. You've been wanting to do it for so long. You've had all these ideas and then, like, you do it and you have enough time to do it, maintaining that passion so much. Right. Um, and you've thought about every little thing. Like, you're not making it up as you go along. Like, you will always make it up as you go along a little bit, but you've thought about every little corner that was in there, everything that you felt like you had to have in there. Mm. And then once you see it, like, you'll probably take out some of that stuff, but, like, that you were thinking about but the heart of it was there and you had to get it out right and that's where um the difference with artwork sometimes is you can see the ones that people were trying to churn out then the ones that people had to make like and the ideal state is always feeling like you have to make that piece to see it 
Mm. Doesn't mean that it's going to be a good artwork at the end of the day. Yeah. But being in that state, that's the um the ideal state because then it has value. Like right. you don't need to explain to anybody why it has value. It's just like <laughs> I needed to see that in my life. Yeah. Like I wanted to make that. And then other people will probably see that through your movements, especially right. the better you get as an artist, because you get um clearer artworks and you can express yourself more clearly. Right. Um, and so that's where I think, yeah, it's like teasing yourself a bit. Like saying, <laughs> hey, you want to make something mad? All right, don't. You can't do it for another two days. <laughs> no. So then oh, you're man. just thinking about it that whole time. And then when you get there, it becomes experience like explosion you're like yes i get to now and especially plan that time of saying yep i'm gonna do it now and then right you get it man like that's that's the the state man it's hard especially though with um content creation these days on twitter and social media they're saying you got to make more content you got to keep posting it yeah i'm trying to think how do i do that man on a shorter scale yeah, because you, cause you can't always get into the headspace you mentioned. You, you just so, some days you can manipulate it and, you know, do certain things to get yourself there. And, and some days it just doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I think like um, music and looking at inspiration is huge. Right. It's like it's like, um you know, smashing inspiration into your skull. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, awesome. let's do it all. And then like as long as you respect the process as well afterwards, then like you just, you should consistently kill it pretty much. Right. Like um, being inspired and then having the energy to pull it off and like knowing like um, because you've done it so many times, like you have a high level of like quality assurance and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, you, you should consistently smash it. Um, yeah. And knowing as well that finishing the artwork doesn't mean it's finished. Like right. for me, minting the NFT and making a post about it on Twitter, that's then the finished artwork. Right. Um, yeah. And that's something that I think is easy to forget too. Yeah. So yeah. true. Awesome. Anyway, yeah. yeah. This has been a super great conversation. Yeah. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for this time. I'll give you a little uh, chance to tell us uh, where you could find you, promote yourself, your, your time to plug. <laughs> All right. Um. So my Twitter's dfart two two eight seven. So or dfart. Um, yeah, yeah. And my website's dalforward.com. Um. I don't know. That's the main sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I mostly use Twitter. Yeah. And like all my NFTs and websites are linked from there. I'm yeah. sure you'll put a link in the description. Or oh something. yeah, definitely yeah. link so, in the description. Yeah. All that good stuff. You can even get this cool like T Rex yeah. laser yeah. beam shirt. You know, super yeah. cool. If you're not into the the NFTs, you know, you got physical merch too on there and such. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got some um tarot cards. Um, I've got books and shirts. I've got books from other artists as well. Um, I've also got my YouTube, which is all linked up through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, where i've made some like videos and done some interviews um lots of different weird things yeah i was yeah. interviewed as a uh as as a uh wizard king a couple, yeah, couple wizard yeah. king interviews on that one that was a lot of yeah. fun <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun doing that yeah. um yeah yeah there's heaps of fun stuff so yeah that's me well like thanks for having me man 
Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers for coming on. Thanks. And uh, we'll see everyone next time.